Even you could have. I'm not that strong. Not matter who's stronger, matter who's smarter. I guess that's why I won the tournament. <laughs> Good guess, Daniel Sam. Welcome to Karate Kid 2 Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the Karate Kid Part 2, two smarter minutes at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Matt. And joining us today from Marine Corps Minute is Brian. And Brian also has a, a little friend of his he brought along named Rose. Welcome to the show, both of you. <laughs> Hello. Hey, thanks for having us. Hello. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say little friend. Uh, daughter is, is probably <laughs> the better term. Although, you know, I have daughters. I could just say they're my little friends. Yeah, what is a daughter but a little friend? Yeah, it's true. I could bring bring them over to people's house and be like, say hello to my little friends. And uh, you Little know. friends, go to sleep. <laughs> uh, so we, welcome to the show. Uh, always an awkward introduction here on Cardi Kid Minute. <laughs> Uh, today we're talking about minutes 48 to 50 of the Karate Kid Part 2, where they begin with another sparring session nailed and end with Daniel about to be impaled. Uh, <laughs> so we're starting off these, uh, our Monday shows now by asking our guests, uh, what is your history with Karate Kid Part 2? And uh, I definitely want to hear uh, uh, Rose's answer first. Um, well, I watched Karate Kid 1 with my dad first, and I loved yes. it, so I wanted to watch the second one, and I did, and I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so you was... didn't see it when it first came out in theaters? No. <laughs> <laughs> now, that would be my my backstory for it. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I recall seeing it. Uh, the trailer actually, my uh, I forget what movie we went and saw. My my dad and I specifically liked the "Don't know, never been attacked by tree before" line that was in the trailer, and we we're like, "We gotta see this," you know. <laughs> uh, but but let's let's uh, let's get the full story of your history of Karate Kid too. How did you get into Karate Kid? Um. Well, one time I was bored, and my dad was about to go watch um, Karate Kid to be on the first movie podcast mm-hmm. and, um i was i didn't want to watch it because i didn't know that i would like it so much uh, but i was bored so i just ended up watching it with him and i liked it so much and so i ended up watching the other movies with him too oh uh, you went through all four right not five <laughs> four, <yes. laughs> I have <laughs> she says she has a morbid curiosity for the remake, but no, she's, um, in fact, I've never even seen the fourth one. She went ahead and, without me because I had to work. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I watched it without you. So, yeah, we, we, um, her, through her, actually, you know, through your podcast, she, she discovered the Karate Kid series, you know, the, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and that's something that we've definitely bonded over. And it's also, like she is obsessed with Cobra Kai. Like mm-hmm. she will watch it over that and over. That was again. my next question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we love it. Oh yeah, there's the show too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just great. <laughs> and then and she she actually binged your show. I had to catch up to catch up to her. In fact, she's in season two now. And I and me, hey, did you you know did you catch up yet? And I'm, I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's you know that's our history with Karate Kid. It's all thanks to you guys. Yeah. Uh, and it really, this is the reason why I try my best to stay family friendly on the show. 
Although there are a couple slip ups and I do apologize, Rose. Uh, oh, <laughs> sometimes no. adults are adults, I guess. <laughs> I watch some shows that have bad words in, so it's fine. As long as I don't say them, I stuff like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this show stays well within the family friendly range, you know, as you yeah. always say, it's it's a uh, 80s PG, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, I do apologize the times that she might have come up to you and said, Matt taught me a word today on the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have a long list of complaints about Matt. So uh. <laughs> Matt, clearly the biggest offender on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't. Uh, anyway. All right. So we'll get to the we'll get to the minutes now. Uh, so we left off on Friday with Daniel and Miyagi burning off a little energy in the dojo after the loss of uh, Miyagi's father. And yeah, speaking of trailers, this is one of those shots I remember from the trailer back in the 80s, the the bows and then the, you know, slapping fives, you know, and it's just kind of like representative of of Miyagi and Daniel's uh, relationship, you know, I find it kind but, of funny that he's willing to give them the high fives like up. Uh, down low, up high, and all that, but not hug him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like he he's like willing to like you know break tradition and not just bow with this, but not with the the hug that Daniel always wants. <laughs> oh. I I was wondering why my dad would always give me five. I'm like, Dad, <laughs> exactly. we're not there yet. I like you, but not that much. I, yeah. I don't. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slip me some skin. Uh, I guess we're there. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're reminded here. I, I just want to remind everybody that, uh, when Miyagi's father, uh, passed away, uh, Sato gave Miyagi three days. And since then we've seen a lantern ceremony, which I assume was that night, maybe. Uh, then we see Miyagi looking at the photo of him and his father. It was definitely him and his father. Uh, <laughs> maybe the same night. Then we have Miyagi and Daniel looking over the ocean, and we determined that was sunset. So that's the next day, at least. So that's either day one or day two, or so we're maybe on the day three now. Maybe, and and you know, and this is this is you know going into a morning practice, uh, you know, leading to the cannery. So yeah, it's either day two or day three. Either way, it, I think what's unspoken here is that I wanted to point out is that the clock is ticking and Miyagi is in no hurry to leave. <laughs> this is very different than when he originally uh, left <laughs> Okinawa. You would think he'd be packing his bags by now. Yeah, he's not so much of a coward anymore, despite being called one every other moment. <laughs> I think we should go through and count how many times we should get a, cow <laughs> a coward score going. I, I should make a note of myself to, to do that. Well, so well, just a little counter at the bottom of the screen if you were watching it, you know, just ding, 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 coward. Um, so, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about uh, Miyagi leaving Okinawa. What do you guys think about that? The original thing about him leaving Okinawa after getting that death threat and just never calling home ever again or writing letters. I mean, he mentioned something about 1927 at one point. So he was, I mean, communication was a lot different back then. So <laughs> it's very conceivable. <laughs> and, and, and if you look, I mean, this this village still looks like a village out of time. Yeah. So, yeah, you would definitely think that uh, once you're gone, you're probably gone for good. You know, and then there's a little thing called like, well, 
did, I, I can't remember. We know Pat Morita was in internment. Was Miyagi? Mm-hmm. Miyagi was never in internment, but he was in service. So I think well, he was in internment and then drafted out of that. Okay, so yeah, he, if we're gonna follow that story of the 442nd. Sure. Then then yeah, he was a little busy. <laughs> he wasn't. He, I don't think he had a lot of time for letters. Uh, but it is weird that it's now into the 80s before somebody made contact with him, you know, and and then also the fact that he never maybe for him, it was just easier to shut off and, and have no attachment or connection to back home just so that he's not in pain and suffering it. Because in the first movie, he was very closed off as yeah. far, you know, to family connection. So that could have been, you know, another reason why. Uh, he was like that because it's like, you know, he had to flee, he had to flee his home. He had to leave his family behind. He had to, leave, you know, leave his first love behind. Now, then he lost his wife. He suffered through war, probably lost a lot of friends in that too. You know, he's just a closed off guy. So, um, that's so true. Still not one I know, letter, but I, not one letter. I know, <laughs> but I don't know. I, you, you would think, I mean, Brian's talking about that. It's just like, it all adds up to like an immense amount of sorrow and just completely shutting yourself. I mean, that's how Daniel kind of found him at the beginning of the movie. He kind of shut off from the world, not wanting to take any students on or anything like that. Yeah. Rose, have you ever uh, written a letter before? <laughs> um, yes. I actually write to my grandfather. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't think people still did that. <laughs> yeah. I wish people still did that a lot more. <laughs> Um, according to the novelization, one little moment uh, that was cut out of the final film, I don't know if it was filmed or if it, if it was just in the in one of the drafts and uh, whatever, but um, uh, Miyagi actually uh, hangs a picture of his father among all the other pictures, which I thought would have been great. Like that, that would have been such a, a night. I mean, because basically we're like, we're done mourning and now we're going to be moving on to dealing with Sato, dealing with Chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and romance and all that. So what a nice button that would be to see uh, Miyagi Sr.'s face up there amongst all those uh, oh, drawings. Man, we we got to check Daniel's uh, dojo in Cobra Kai and see if he has uh, Miyagi Sr.'s portrait <laughs> right, before, be great. right before his Miyagi. He should. Yeah. I, I thought I, I, I would think it'd be hilarious if it was just a screen cap from Karate Kid Part Two, a, a close up of Charlie Tanamoda laying in bed, in, on his deathbed. <laughs> it's the only picture I could take. All right, smile. <laughs> just used the one of um, you know, Miyagi as a kid that the one he was looking at, and so it's like clearly yeah. like you, you're not, you know, you just have to guess that that's who he is. <laughs> yeah, Matt was laughing about that because Miyagi Sr. looks ancient in that picture. <laughs> that, guy, like, that guy looks older than the guy in the scene. <laughs> and Miyagi's a small child in that photo. Like, his father was in his 90s when he was born, apparently. I mean, some people are born 40-year-olds, you know. <laughs> it was a rough, rougher life back then, too. Right. All right, so we leave the dojo. We're now moving on to another walk and talk uh, through the streets of Tomy Village. And I like that, you know, Appleton does a great job taking the time to show this village, you know, all these villagers, these uh, uh, 50 Okinawan-born extras that they that he hired. Uh, you know, they're out there living their life. They're gardening and carrying sticks around. And there's even one guy who got himself a cool moped. <laughs> so I wonder if he, like, gives people's rides to Naha and 
things like that. You know, he's the one guy with the moped. To- like, toes, like the one town t- toes the town TV around on a cart. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's the one TV and then maybe there's the one moped. <laughs> um, and I don't know, did you guys notice uh, someone walking by in the background? I did. You did? Uh, Enlighten me, I missed it. It was Kumiko. Oh. And Rose, oh, yeah. did you notice what, what Kumiko was doing? She's staring at Daniel. <laughs> she nearly injures her neck. The amount of craning her head around looking at Daniel as she's walking by. It's so funny. You know, I just went to the scene and literally that was the first time I ever noticed that. And you're right. It's like yeah. she, she did a triple take, basically. <laughs> yeah. Like, I watched Karate uh, um, Kid 2 yesterday. And that was like the first time I noticed Kumiko staring at him. Like I never noticed all the other times. Is uh, Ralph Macchio a cute boy to you, Rose? Or are you not into that just yet? I'm not sure how old you are. <laughs> he is kind of cute. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I think my girls at this point, uh, uh, nine and seven are both would be like gross. Uh, <laughs> But I'm um, both. <laughs> uh, Ralph right, Macchio is so, icky. That's my that's my opinion. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I would probably I would probably melt if I met Ralph Macchio, and that's just because he's just like you know one of those stars I grew up with. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's like the time I was uh, walking through uh, uh, New York Comic Con and uh, walked by. Uh, I, I hope I pronounced his name right. Tamak from The Last Dragon. <laughs> it's just like kind of just I, I didn't have any money to buy anything that he was selling. Couldn't do an autograph or a picture with him. I couldn't pay for that. So I just kind of just stood back and was just like, it's him. It's just him. And then then realized I was being, you know, awkward and walked away. <laughs> was there well, any was there any sort of line for his booth? Absolutely. There was a bunch of people like uh really hang oh yeah. Matt, The Last Dragon is a big movie to, to some people. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I mean, I went to a Comic-Con and saw a son and, and dad, a dad and son dressed as um, the Shogun of Harlem. And it was amazing. <laughs> uh, but speaking awesome. of Comic-Cons, there was a couple years ago, um, a, a pretty big con. We bring celebrities every year to, to, to my town. And I went to it. And this was right around the time that the first season was on, of Cobra Kai was on. YouTube Red, so mm-hmm. not that many people had seen it, yeah. and uh, uh, Johnny, Daniel, and Crease were all there, and unfortunately, I didn't get a picture with them, and I regret it big time, because mm-hmm. at the time, I hadn't seen the movie, so I'm like, why is Crease here, or the, the, the series yet, and I'm like, why is Crease here, I, you know, I don't think he's in it, of course, little yeah. do I know, he's the big part of it going forward, uh, I did, I walked right by those guys, and I was like, you know, I was like, trying to get a peek at them and all that good stuff but their line was well i was decent um you know for for the time and i so i never got a i never got a photo with them and i regret that to this day because now if they come back their line will be huge oh they yeah were, absolutely you know, yeah so now it's on netflix and this thing's blown up um i miss my i miss my shot mm. uh yeah well who knows maybe there'll be another chance in the future <laughs> Uh, I've pretty much given up trying to get any of them on our podcast because I don't know. I think I would just kind of uh, sputter and uh, say dumb things and then I'd be embarrassed if uh, they were like listening or anything like that. So 
I'm just trying not to call any attention at this point. <laughs> but we're, we're uh, yeah, actually, uh, the new teaser trailer, uh, this is now a, a month ago when this podcast comes out, but uh, it, that, that teaser trailer just came out and it got me all excited for Cobra Kai season four again. And if anybody is uh, wondering, uh, Matt and I will definitely be covering those episodes. And it turns out that if they are airing in December, that means that it will be right during our it'll, it'll be right after our, our coverage of Karate Kid Part 2. So uh, it, we won't be doing uh, double work <laughs> like we Yay. did last time. <laughs> yeah, no, right? Gods are in your favor. <sighs> yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, Miyagi, uh, my next note is uh, talking about, um, you know, Daniel asking Miyagi about like, why did Sato give him time to mourn? And I think Miyagi is not worried about Sato changing his mind about the three days. He know like, he's not going to all of a sudden break it and go after Miyagi in the meantime, um, because he respected his father. And, uh, and I do love that. This is another like echo of the first movie. You know, there was some sort of deal struck where, I mean, in the first movie, Daniel's training to prepare for this, big uh tournament but now there's like it's still it's just impending trouble i guess mm-hmm. uh, so wrote all the all these these few minutes here like daniel's just like the kid in the back of the car uh like just <laughs> pestering why 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 yeah, why 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 or not not even why every time just always question 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 mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, I think Robert Mark Hammond was just like, these viewers are going to need to know every single thing. There will be no mysteries. <laughs> going to explain everything. <laughs> he does play game 20 questions, and, and he's almost a little annoying with it at times. <laughs> down, you know. Especially yeah. Lane. He's annoying Lane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let Miyagi sleep on the darn plane. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst. Dude. Maybe find Toby Village tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Daniel does, uh, point out the, the flaw in Miyagi's logic. It's like, like Miyagi is saying Sato knows right from wrong when Daniel's like, yeah, but he wants to kill you. So, <laughs> but, uh, Miyagi says sometimes what heart, no head forget. Um, and then we have, uh, war is a metaphor, uh, coming up again and how Miyagi, the pacifist, uh, is just like, I'm not. I, I would, I'm not taking part in this war. You don't take part in a war, uh, uh, by, uh, you know, you won't stop a war by taking part. in. I should say, I uh, like Metallica disagrees with that because in order to secure, <laughs> you have to prepare for war. Uh, did you say Metallica? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't tread on me from the black album. They oh. <laughs> simply call something like that out. No, I, I, I know. I mean this, like these couple minutes are all about, a bunch of Miyagiisms, and a lot of them are great and that is like a valid point and he is a pacifist so it, it, it stays true to his character but i feel like you know that's he's actually this movie actually almost proves that wrong um sometimes you do have to take a stand and fight in order to um uh stop you know stop an enemy you know i guess because <laughs> uh every time he tried to walk away he just it's like a bully who just keep kept, you know, keeps picking on you, picking on you, picking on you until you finally make a stand and they, and then they finally respect you. So, you know, I don't want to yeah. spoil going forward. That was, a big, that was a big lesson from the first movie. Like yeah. it, 
you'd go to the tournament, you you stand up for yourself, and they will leave you alone afterwards. And now yeah. it's uh, yeah, don't don't take part in it. <laughs> well, but also this time it's it's actually Sato. It's Miyagi's bully this time. You know, Miyagi's yeah. the bully in the bully problem. And it's actually the roles are not really reversed because Daniel's not teaching Miyagi anything other than just you know strengthening their relationship. But um, yeah, Miyagi's kind of in the Daniel position now. Yeah, and I was thinking about Miyagi's pacifist stance and thinking that um, this is this almost like like his attitude definitely makes you think he was definitely drafted out of internment that he wasn't he didn't sign up and like rah rah America he was he does not want to fight and I'm sure it kind of made him a little bit mixed since Japan was <laughs> fighting against America so yeah yeah I. Uh, I wondered if you know like after what he saw in combat that's why he he would become such a pacifist but they clearly Mm. said it is that he ran away from a fight um because he didn't well partly he didn't want to fight his best friend you know and he probably realized what he was doing was wrong even though he was doing it you know wrong in their eyes you know uh, yeah um you know so he basically the he didn't want to kill his best friend even if he could have and of course he didn't want to die either <laughs> so <laughs> the best solution was not to engage you know if he stayed one of them was going to end up you know killed or worse <laughs> you know kill him till he dies from it <laughs> yeah um there is a bit of a continuity error in the next line though uh where daniel's like what if he threw that punch over there and what would you have done and it's like no that was like two days ago <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> it didn't just happen over there like it didn't just i don't know i mean do you kind yeah, of they are physically close to where it happened yeah but i don't know it's just like over there it's like why would you even refer to where it happened like what if you right next to it i don't know <laughs> i guess so <laughs> anyway <clears throat> I'm, I'm i'm uh Making a list of corrections to send to Robert Mark Heyman um, okay. at the end of all of this. So you, you need to guess I'll cross that one off. <laughs> Cry Kid Two Special Edition. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Miyagi's not concerned about Sato's threats because he thinks that he could block. And yeah, my next question is, can you just block anything that comes out at you? <laughs> like that just seems far fetched to, <laughs> to think I can block anything. If, it, well, if he comes at me with a gun, I can't block a gun. <laughs> we discussed that punch though, and how like, uh, like telegraphed it was gonna be. <laughs> yeah, he just like pulls back. He's just gonna go straight through him. Yeah, he could have, you know. Yeah, I think Daniel could have blocked that one too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sato's powering up like a Super Saiyan, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so they power up and unleash their Kamehameha. Yeah. I love how he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Miyagi says, no matter who's stronger, it matters who's smarter. And the next lines were cut out in the uh, uh, shooting script in the book because Miyagi then goes, come, I will demonstrate. So he's going to he, he's bring this discussion into his drum technique lesson. But instead, the movie goes for one last burn on Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> Oh, I guess uh, that's why I won the tournament. <laughs> and Miyagi <laughs> says, good guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm smarter than Johnny Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. Lawrence did run directly into a kick. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, all right. So we now 
you know, get another shot of another helicopter coming in for a landing. And uh, this one doesn't look military at all. We, we, uh, we've been seeing George Bush's uh, Black Hawk the last couple of times, but this time it just looks like a passenger helicopter. I'm sure they get all sorts of traffic. Yeah. Uh, and then we go to the old cannery, uh, which is a huge set they built for um, the production. Uh, it definitely looks old and definitely looks like it's not been used in a long time. Mm. Um, because, so yeah. Built that, huh? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like we learn, uh, Sato's father destroyed their bay with, uh, well, well, uh, super trawlers. And, uh, yeah, according to the book and the script, the so- there's a sign there that's supposed to say Sato Cannery. So Sato owned the cannery. Or Sato's father, rather. So it's funny that uh, Sato ruins his own business <laughs> by by taking out the bay. But then again, you know what, what does he care? He got he he probably got a ton of money for what they did. Um. Oh yeah, and then I made made sure to let everybody know in my notes. I wrote Sato Cannery, and if you look away and then you come back and look at it, it looks like it says Sean Connery out of the corner of your eyes, but. That was dumb and probably should be edited out if I edited these darn <laughs> podcasts. Uh, <laughs> the book says the ruin of the principal business in town seemed like an ever-present reminder of Sato's disdain for the people of Tomi. And uh, even in the book, it illustrates uh, them walking through the cannery and seeing all these dusty abandoned work tables, um, which would have been, you know, nice. But this is this is good enough. Mm-hmm. It looks like. This looks like a, a place that used to work and now doesn't. <laughs> they actually build it with old lumber, I wonder. Or are they just like, can you can you paint lumber to look old, older than it is? <laughs> I, was watch, I was watching a Lost special feature today, actually, uh, which also filmed in Oahu, uh, <laughs> where they described uh, making the temple set uh, with styrofoam. And mm-hmm. just looking at it, like, that's, that looks like old stone. It's not, but it's styrofoam. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess they can do anything. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Miyagi says, from very first karate lesson, Miyagi father always say, best way to avoid punch, no be there. Uh, and I want to just mention in the book, he says, best block is no block, which I think best way to avoid punch is not to be there. So it makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> yeah, it's more clear. <laughs> yeah, and of course, Daniel's Daniel, like, I Daniel don't get just, it. Daniel just ends yeah. up standing there and taking a punch because he's, didn't think he was supposed to block it. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how he he doesn't get it. That's that's like dumbed down for the audience. But Yagi <laughs> took that lesson to heart. Like he basically he fled to America to avoid you know. So he was no be there. Um, yeah, exactly. But uh, and yeah, that's the other thing. Is like even you could even you could run away from Sato. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the only technique I know. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Sato's father is mentioned again today, and I just kind of wonder, like, what's his story? Like, from his, from what we hear, he sounds pretty ruthless, and you know, but also he like he gave Miyagi a job, and Miyagi repaid him by taking his son's honor. So what did Sato be like? Well, I'm going to destroy the entire town. <laughs> so like, oh, you, he took your honor. <laughs> what? So, um. Yeah, and also uh, we start to learn about the the drum technique, and I was wondering because uh, he says this he, this all came to him when 
his mind was on something other than fish uh, when the empty net returned. Uh, and I was like, oh, what a that would be a great what if uh, story of what if Miyagi got impaled by a, a hook? Would <laughs> what the after effects that would happen? Like uh, Sato would, and Yuki would be married and. <laughs> Well, maybe uh, maybe he lives and just goes on with his life as normal. It's just he's just got a colostomy bag. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. Johnny Daniel. Oh, Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cobra Kai would still run California to this day. Uh, yeah. So, like bad so many things. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, then he releases the hook, and I just, I'm like, hey, Miyagi, could you give him a little warning here? <laughs> a big, sharp hook just comes swinging down right between him and Daniel. <laughs> and also, like, like I'm sure his memory is great knowing that if he pulls this one string, it makes the hook come down. But should he, should he count on it still working the same way 45 years later? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how many times has he actually done that? There's... Well, has anyone done that? There's every time he does it, it leaves a huge gouge out of the board behind. But I think there's only like maybe one or two gouges like previously made. Yeah, that's true. So one for when he first learned it and two <laughs> for maybe another time he tried it. And then I'm like, maybe he came down and did a practice, a practice one like the day before without Daniel to make sure he could do his lesson correctly. Maybe. <laughs> So that's why he knows that it won't like swing and break and end up, you know, in Daniel's head. <laughs> Maybe every other one that was done had that cork on it. Yeah, right. Oh, oh yeah, we'll get into the cork. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, Dan, uh, Miyagi is saying that uh, uh, he didn't he didn't understand the drum technique until I guess he was nearly killed by a hook. So, yeah. Uh, and again, like his lesson is like the best defense is not be there. So why would you stand there still and twist your body instead of just jumping out of the way? Because <laughs> you got to counterattack. You can't counterattack if you've jumped away. Yeah, I guess so. It's all leading to that counter, that discovery of the counterpunch. Like, mm. so there's no need for a drum technique unless there is a counterpunch. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Unless you're just going to keep like, trying to dodge punches all day and like do nothing else about it. Sure. Keep like, punching at me. You end up like Neo in the matrix, just like bending yeah. over on your knees, like trying Muhammad, to get out of the way. Muhammad Ali, you know, just <laughs> yeah. dodging. Yep. Uh, so yeah, Daniel is eager to uh, get eviscerated. So I don't, I look at this little, I don't know. It just seems very natural back and forth. Like, let me try. Eh. Oh, come on. Mm, please. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, he knows it's like really dangerous, but he's got yeah. it. But he's like, it is kind of cool, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he says he's going to go pull up the hook. And yeah, we find out on Wednesday he's going to put a cork on it. But still, that thing looks like it could really hurt. Even get if you if it had a cork on the end, <laughs> get nailed with that thing coming down that fast. Yeah, it's a broken sternum. Yeah. And another thing for. Uh, you know, eagle-eyed viewers, when you see him pulling the hook up, the cork is already on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> and then when you, when it cuts into the next two minutes, uh, you see him pulling the hook up to to him. It's not on it anymore. So, but when he when it's being moved, it is. Yeah. 
That special edition can't come soon enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna CGI crease into a lot of Karate Kid Part Three, uh, at, like Java in uh, <laughs> New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> He's just gonna be standing behind Terry Silver the entire time, cackling. Yeah, somebody's gonna walk on his tail. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he'll just um, he'll just behind uh, Terry Silver and just do it like a look right at the camera, nod, and then walk away. <laughs> yeah. That was for the fans. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, then Ma- Maggie says, Father say, use drum technique only as the last resort. And and I just thought that was interesting. Like, uh, why would you, again, why would you use this if this was the, like, this is the last thing you would want to do if somebody is coming at you. And maybe it's because if you need to, if you realize you have to stand there and fight, because, Otherwise, just get out of the way and go away. I don't know. I'm no karate expert. <laughs> but, yeah. I think that's it. Daniel says he's ready. And really, this kind of brings us to the end of our uh, Monday show. And as I've learned from Miyagi, the best way to avoid Tuesday is not be there. So we'll be back on Wednesday for mm-hmm. two more Karate Kid two minutes. Hey, listen, these are really hard to write. But... Uh, <laughs> Ryan Rose, you want to? Ahead of time. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah. I write these ahead of time. I don't improv everything. <laughs> I'm not that good. <laughs> I'm not good at talking. <laughs> I appreciate you, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Brian Rose, are you gonna join us on Wednesday? Yeah, I would love to. I will. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> All right. Well, it is Monday, so uh, I'll give a chance for you two to uh, give your plugs out. Well, as you mentioned at the top of the show, um, I'm from the Marine Corps Movie Minute podcast where we, uh, my co-host Perry and I are breaking down um, uh, Marine Corps movies, you know, movies featuring Marines. We did Heartbreak Ridge. We are in pre-production. I'm hoping to be recording episodes by the time this comes out for um, Full Metal Jacket. That'll be our next, uh, our next venture into the world of Marine Corps movies minute by minute. So um, just, you can find us, uh, and uh you know we're everywhere <laughs> anywhere pocket record movie minute podcast cool anything else <laughs> yeah kid what are, what were we going to work on what do we got <laughs> well we are going to do um the musical hamilton um one song at a time if any of you want to come on as a guest then great yeah yeah, we are absolutely. we are in production for that. That that is uh we are we are on our way to begin that. So that is that's coming soon. Yeah. I've never seen that. Oh wow. It's really I good. I've listened to the soundtrack countless times and I just rewatched the whole thing on uh July fourth. <laughs> so I thought it would be very very American. Yeah. 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 I went from uh I went from being on the side of Krister Koch from Jane Sound the Bob Minute, who hates that movie, to <laughs> being completely on board <laughs> for like this movie is great and it's yeah. the songs are awesome. Uh, it, it's a good one if you've never seen it. Awesome. All right, well, great, uh, folks. Check those things out and uh, check us out. Uh, and uh, I, oh wait, I do I don't do my plugs. I'm looking at my notes. I don't do my plugs today. Okay, uh, and. <laughs> Until next time. 
Sometimes what heart know, head forget.